Princess Rise for their Majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Rachel, first of all, your shirt, before I even intro us, your <laughs> shirt! It's the uh, Meghan Markle first episode of Archetypes anthropology shirt that we do not know if With this is actually the shirt she wore neck bow and the sli- i mean it looks gorgeous the brown and white stripes it's thank you Roberta. stunning on you and you had to get it tailored i got it tailored because my shoulders i think are a little too narrow for what the shirt gave me so i just took it to the tailor i'm very big on the tailor right now and you're like fashion your channel although i bought a new outfit so does that that's not totally sustainable <laughs> but you're i tailored just- it for all the future use You're just channeling Meghan Markle podcast vibes right now, and I love it. All right. (laughs) Thank you. It is time again for your weekly update of all the royal news you need to know. This is Royally Obsessed Podcast. I'm Roberta. And I'm Rachel. Please email us if you haven't already, info at gallerypodcast.com. We love hearing from you guys. Also, leave us a review. We love reading reviews as well. And follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. I think that's it for me. Rachel, what are we talking about today? Roberta, we have a lot. Uh, The Crown trailer kind of feels like the big news. I know we talked about The Crown last week. We also are flashing back to an interview with Diana and Charles that aired in 1985 that is a total gem. And I don't know why it's not talked about more. Uh, The political chaos in the UK. Everything is kind of headline news, actually, because (laughs) I said that The Crown trailer was a bigger deal than the prime minister resigning, but we're going to get into it all. But first, we I think <laughs> I think everyone right now needs a really strong cocktail. <laughs> strong, after what's happening. Tall pour. We need all of it. <laughs> and now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. Wow, because our uh, our last episode last week was Thursday, and that's the the day that Liz Truss announced she was resigning as prime minister. The shortest stint in that office, forty five days. I mean, it is absolutely chaos. So, what are we drinking? What's our royal <laughs> refreshment to get us through? Well, I thought it would be really fun because tis the season. Halloween is coming up on Monday to share this amazing cocktail that my friend dreamed up from a Halloween party that I went to this weekend. She is just an artist with putting together these Halloween parties. And Rachel, your costume as Bonnie. Oh, I mean. So good. I was The theme was old, old Hollywood, but make it horror, which was tricky for me. That's right. And tricky. so I did Bonnie Parker from Bonnie and Clyde. But People just go to town. This was the second annual, and I am blown away by the Brooklyn creativity. And every year, I think I've upped my game enough. And then every year, I leave, and I'm like, next year, I'm real. I'm really going to bring it. I'm going to really work hard for it. But uh, in terms of the royal refreshment, we thought it might be fun to share one of the cocktails that she dreamed up. It was Hollywood themed. This was called the Vertigo, and it's a mix of tequila, cherry juice, fresh lime, and cinnamon. Ooh. And simple syrup, but there was also dry ice. So it like, <gasps> yeah, it, the whole time the dry <sighs> ice was giving off the vibes. I mean, it was just incredible. And the cinnamon is a wonderfully lovely addition to a cocktail. Surprising. I feel like probably like a little kick. And also the cherry juice probably made it red. So it was so spooky and Halloween-y. And I'm definitely making this for this Halloween. I I actually what don't are you have doing? any, we don't have any fun Halloween plans this year. We are going to my friend's wedding, which I'm very excited for. A wedding uh, on Halloween or? It's on the 29th. So okay, the weekend, so I guess, the Saturday. Got it. Yeah. Um, what are you, you – I mean, Finn is going to be dressed up, of course. I tried are to you, push the octonauts so hard because I was like, he loves them. I was like, yeah. let's all go as octonauts. But he wants to just go as his favorite animals. He's very animal obsessed. So he's a hippo. 
I'm a gator and Matt is a snake. And it's just a medley <laughs> of his favorite animals. And I'm not sure that our costumes are great because a snake, for example, is a very hard costume. <laughs> last year was sharks, wasn't it? Yeah, sharks last a year. A family of sharks. So just the animal animals theme continues. always strong. Yeah. I love it. All right. We have a listener email today from Trish. She says she just recently found our pod, loves the segment. She loves the banter. Thank you so much. She's been obsessed since watching Princess Anne marry Captain Mark Phillips. And fun fact, she's actually distantly related to Captain Mark's mom, which is wild. She then writes, I cried with you all listening to your episode about Her Majesty's funeral. I've smiled when hearing the excitement in your voices when talking to each other or your guests. Listening to your podcast gives my mind time to drift away from the recent loss of my twin granddaughters who were born prematurely with one born sleeping and her sister passing moments later. I often listen at work when the tears flow. I can say I'm listening to your coverage of Her Majesty's funeral or the family's mourning when my tears are for my beautiful Layla and Charlotte. Thank you for these sweet moments of peace sincerely trish i mean i don't think i have any words but i feel happy to offer trish a respite and distraction from that tragedy her family those are beautiful names too oh my gosh i love those names so much i know i felt really uh just touched and heartbroken simultaneously reading this note thank you for writing us and now this week in royal history like I said, this is a really fun one, Roberta. How many times have you watched or rewatched the interview that Diana and Charles gave on October 21st, 1985? It was the first sit down after their wedding with Alastair Burnett for ITN. It was at the in the drawing room at Kensington Palace. 20 million Brits were said to tune in. It got a ton of positive feedback afterward. I just think it's incredible content. And if I could, I would play the whole thing for our listeners right now. So go <laughs> go rewatch it on YouTube. But ha- have you watched it a lot, Roberta? I, I don't think I've watched it a lot, but I definitely have seen, seen it and seen clips from it. And I feel like every so often it gets resurfaced on social media, like certain parts of it. But tell me what the best highlights are because I don't yeah. really remember too much. Well, just the backstory first. So the reason they did this sit down was it was ahead of them going on an Australia tour in 1985 and ahead of their US tour where they, you know, Diana twirled around the ballroom in November 1985 with John Travolta, went to the White House. But it was a counter to a lot of media criticism, in particular a Vanity Fair piece that came out around that time that called Charles a wimp and said that Diana was restless and demanding, and also reported that they had few mutual friends, alluding to the fact that they really weren't spending much time together. True or false in that moment, I'm, you know, I think we obviously know how everything played out, but that was the reason that they really sat down. They were like, this needs to stop. We need to set the record straight. And here's this interview. This clip from Taz TV describes that conflict and the monarchy's expected role in a way that I feel felt super foreboding. It's not their actual chat. It's the presenter queuing up the interview. This special is the first time that the prince and princess have been interviewed since their marriage. It's particularly remarkable because this exercise is being seen as a deliberate attempt by the future king and queen to put the record straight and decrease media speculation, which they feel has gone too far in recent months. Relations between the monarchy and the media are complex because the role of the monarchy today is largely ceremonial. The royal family lead by example. They aim to set high standards and rely on the media to promote that image. The media, on the other hand, look for an angle. For the unusual, events which might be commonplace for you and I can become a subject of headlines when royalty are involved. 
dun, dun, dun. That feels like exactly what plays out. It could be like a track that plays over the crown trailer on some level. Gosh, I love that accent too. It's I know. so lovely to listen to. Anyways, highlights. There are so many, and I know this is a weird one to lead with, but the fact that Charles is questioned as a huge point of like, how dare he? Is he a vegetarian? <laughs> and they really want him to deny it because their questions are like, does this cause problems at home? And to Charles's credit, he really is so ahead of the curve on the fact that, no, we need to talk about sustainability, even though he doesn't brand it as that. This is important to have a balanced diet. You can't just eat meat all the time. And why don't we, if someone was eating a 100% meat diet, we don't think that's odd. It's just fascinating. <laughs> that is, that he's so ahead of his time with so many of those things. I also do remember this clip now that you mention it because of how thin Diana looked. Yes. So they ask her, there's questions about her weight loss and she describes that she chalks it up to being at a lot of events where there's buffet style food and you just don't get to eat. You're chasing a plate of chicken, but you never actually take a bite, which of course we know what was actually going on. They are asked about a supposed rivalry with Princess Anne between Diana and Anne. And Diana explains that as you know, something that the media kind of dreamed up. They think it was in response to the news that they didn't choose Anne to be a godmother to Prince Harry because he was a boy. They said that if Harry turned out to be a girl, they maybe would have chosen Princess Anne. That was how they explained that one. They talk, this was a, a really wonderful moment. They ask about Diana's clothes and she really tries to downplay the fact that she doesn't want so such an emphasis on her fashion. And we kind of know that eventually, ultimately, Charles got kind of annoyed by the attention on Diana's clothes. But at the time, you know, he's kind of playful with her in this interview and talks about how she'll come in and be like, which one do you like, this one or this one? And he'll choose this one. And then she'll be like, no, actually, I'm going to go with the other one. So his opinion totally doesn't matter. That's totally me. (laughs) That's totally you. It's like, I didn't need your feedback. So it's very charming, honestly. Um, One other thing I wanted to mention was there was a lot of focus at the time on Charles's use of Ouija boards. I think this was also tied to the Vanity Fair article, but it was also about the fact that Charles had so many alternative interests. So this interview is used to set the record straight on the fact that he doesn't touch Ouija boards. And apparently there was a Ooh. huge volume of mail that he gets being like, this stay is like away a from Halloween them. spooky moment. Yeah. This is very on theme yeah. for this week. I like it. But again, they go against the media and I want to play one more clip. Do you think sometimes that newspapers, as is the way of life, build people up and then just as quickly knock them down? Well, they, they do, but there again, it's their job, isn't it, really? Um, I came in on the scene and I apparently could do no wrong. But it's quite interesting to see that the niggly things that go on now that I apparently perhaps could be doing wrong. And I'm sure, I'm, I mean, I'm not asking to be perfect. I'm far from it. But I just like the chance and opportunity to get involved in my various areas that I've chosen without people talking about um, being a shopaholic or something. That's not important. But it is true, if I may say, that you know this question of building people up onto a pedestal, the moment that happens, along comes a, a separate brigade that like knocking you off a pedestal. I mean, it's, it's, it's human nature, I suppose. So from that point of view, it's it's actually true what you said, isn't it? The whole interview is just so interesting, so insightful. I was really, I really enjoyed going back through it. I love this week in history. This is a good one and a Halloween tie-in with Ouija boards. Okay. (laughs) 
Moving on to the news this week. The biggest royal news, of course, is the new prime minister. So we just missed it with our episode last week, but Liz Truss resigned. This Tuesday, Rishi Sunak takes over. And I am learning more about British politics than I ever thought I would. What about you, Rachel? Yeah, same. I feel like this was just, again, (gasps) royal whiplash. Like, I couldn't believe the headlines when I saw it. I was following along with the lettuce memes, all of that, that sort of like, will the lettuce last longer than Liz? Oh, my Shocking all around. It is really shocking. So Charles, this is a big history-making moment, though, for Charles, as it's his first prime minister that he formally appoints. And second of all time in 45 days, which I don't think anyone could have called on their bingo cards for 2022, but it is really wild. Um, He did this really sweet thing, though. It's Diwali right now in India and around the world, and the celebrations are continuing. Charles left out some Diwali sweets and treats when he actually did the formal kissing of hands ceremony, is what they call it, for Rishi's swearing in. So I think that that was a really nice touch. But the biggest thing I want to talk to you about is this random news tidbit about Camilla and it hasn't gotten picked up that much but it's that Camilla is in India for 10 days at a wellness center this is a private trip she's with friends there are strict rules not to publicize this trip she's taking on no engagements nothing this is her eighth time in the last 12 years going to this which is pretty often it's at least once a year 80 I mean she's spent in total almost 80 days there it seems like the Times of India reported this it, the wellness center is called Sukhya. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but Rachel, click on that link right there. Okay. I mean, it, it's gorgeous. It's it's a homeopathic, Ayurveda, yoga. It sounds incredible. I've Good never been her. on a wellness retreat. Have you ever been I on have one? not. But I feel like this is really aspirational and huge credit to Camilla because I feel like she knows what she needs, right? Like this is essential for doing this job. And like, you know, the Cambridges have really been out of the spotlight. I hope they're doing something, maybe it's not publicized, but in this vein, just to, it's all about mental health. It's all about protecting yourself. You're constantly in the public spotlight. And she has that, Camilla has that to look forward to with the coronation and all that stuff. So it's good to reset. Yeah. I mean, I can't stop thinking about the Hulu show, Nine Perfect Strangers. That's all <laughs> I think about when I think about Wall Street. But yes, I totally agree. I've Also, like jokingly, but not so jokingly, The Crown and all this political turmoil and archetypes even. <laughs> like she must, and the queen passing, like all of these things, of course, like make time for self-care. Camilla seems to be She needs the, to- Get that kind of unsung in. hero of self-care right now, which I think is amazing. And I would love to know what other like little treatments she's getting at the spa. I also wanted to point out though, that like, this is a healing spa for people with addiction or there's the health conditions they list at the bottom that they can help with reproductive disorders, pediatric development disorders, skin conditions, mental health, gastrointestinal cancer. Like I I can't help but also think that Camilla's a lifelong smoker. Mm. You know what I mean? And if this is a every year thing that helps her and seems to be working, then good for her. But just something, I mean, definitely, it's not something to worry about, I think, because she's been doing this for so long. But definitely, I don't know, just to flag, like that is, you know, oftentimes leads to health problems later in life. So it's just a reminder too of, I think, you know, they're assuming this role not, at a super young age, yeah. if I'm being polite. So it is, um, it's just, yeah, it's so interesting to see this not 
not getting a ton of press, but so fascinating. And then the other thing is just that Charles and Palace Sources have announced that they're planning a huge royal tour, the biggest one yet, to Australia, New Zealand, maybe even Canada. I love the Daily Beast take on this, though. He's gone all Mariah Carey, is what they're saying, like the <laughs> biggest royal tour ever. And that they also said, really, do people not know who Charles is by now? Because <laughs> he's the longest serving Prince of Wales. It's just kind of weird to introduce yourself when everyone knows who you already are i think rachel and i have talked about this so much that a lot of this doesn't feel as exciting as when the queen was around it's just not there's not that fashion rainbow queen hook there's not but supposedly kate and william will also be involved in this big royal tour yeah i think i keep using this word to you but i need more like royal razzle dazzle from charles and camilla like (laughs) yes and like it's not their fault it's just that it's it's like there was just I think it was the fashion with the queen, the choice of pastel colors, like you said, but it's, there's something that feels, you know, I need something that feels a little more exciting about all of these moments. So the tour might be it. Yeah. We'll have to see, but Charles needs to really step up the panache on his suits. I just want him to go pastel colors too. Just keep that alive. I (laughs) think he can pull it off. If anyone can pull it off, it's Charles. (laughs) All right. What's next? The Crown. So we got the trailer. We talked about it last week, but then the trailer dropped. And I just, I have to say, Roberta, I watched it at the office. We had an in-office day last Thursday. I felt like I couldn't breathe for two and a half minutes. It is a gorgeous trailer. You've got that Bittersweet Symphony song by The Verve that plays over it, which, by the way, was definitely on a cassette tape that I recorded in 1997 from like the greatest hits of the year. I used to like hit record and just have that to listen to whenever. I Um, had chills from this though because I feel like this is, it's pretty dark, the trailer. It's so dark. Let's play a quick clip. In light of the events of the last 12 months, perhaps I have more to reflect on than most. The royal family is in genuine crisis. Have royal scandals damaged the country's reputation? The House of Windsor should be binding the nation together, setting an example of idealized family life. It's a situation that cannot help but affect the stability of the country. Dun, dun, dun. That was just the first 20 seconds. Like, that's intense for me. It's so intense. I feel like we're going to see a lot of those big moments from the 90s. I think we mentioned we weren't sure if the Panorama interview would be included. If this trailer is anything to go by, there are some moments that are included. But I think, I don't know, is that like, is what is in the trailer the biggest flashpoints we'll see? That's not usually what happens with The Crown. It happens with movies sometimes and not The Crown. Yeah, well, that was what was super confusing to me about the Martin Bashir stuff is that there was a statement that wasn't picked up, to be fair. When I looked back, it wasn't picked up a ton of places. It was in Hello and I think the UK Times that said that The Crown said that it wouldn't be aired, that the panorama thing would only be alluded to. But then you see this trailer and Martin Bashir is a character. You see the Elizabeth Debicki scene sitting down with the camera crew. So I feel like it's a pretty prominent part. I'm not quite sure where that other headline came from. So I have confusion there. Yeah, the only other thing I thought about The Crown this week was how there were a lot of pictures from season six that came out. So there was the funeral picture, which really was kind of took my breath away just seeing it 
because of how emotional that's going to be to watch play out on screen. And it's Harry and William walking behind a young Harry and William walking behind the casket. Wasn't there, there were a few more also. Yeah. There were other photos that showed Elizabeth Debicki dressed as Diana in the final kind of days of her life when, you know, that suit, that gray suit with the black shirt, just really, really striking and jarring to see this being reenacted. And it's hard not to feel a little distraught and upset about it. Yeah. Going back to the trailer, I think, you know, seeing the revenge dress, blown away by the accent for Elizabeth again. I think one thing that really stands out for me is just how attractive Dominic West is as Charles. Like that part is also jarring for me That's because I'm like, oh, he's so accurate. dreamy, but I'm not sure I've ever felt that way totally about Charles. <laughs> I do look at old pictures of him and think he is so much better looking than Yes, but young Charles, and I could see how people could be like a heart, like oh, the you know Bachelor Prince is a heartthrob, but Dominic West is much better looking than he's kind of sexy. Like, am I allowed to say that? I know he's kind of complicated, kind of a dirtbag, yeah, Yeah, and kind of a dirtbag, total dirtbag. But I'm just like, all right, like I don't know those scenes with him and Camilla. But anyways, we're super excited. November 9th. I mean, we don't mean to talk about it every week, but we kind of need to talk about it every week. I am excited too. I met. Oh, Rachel, before we get to our highs and lows, I forgot to mention that. Anyone listening who is dressing up for Halloween with anything royal themed, please tag us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. We would love to repost all of your fabulous, hopefully Queen Elizabeth costumes. I feel like that could be an amazing tribute to see. Maybe you're going as a corgi. Or, or a corgi, or your baby is a corgi. I don't know. These are some great ideas that we are throwing out. Right <laughs> I know. Now. What's Take a great? What's a, what are some others? I'm like, this is revenge such a fun dress. Game. I mean, I revenge always feel like dress. we see a lot of Diana, which is so incredible. The sheep sweater. I just Louis. We, I personally need to see these photos, so please tag Royally Obsessed Podcast on Instagram. Or we just will tag me and Roberta. Repost. We'll be just all yeah, of us. I mean, we'll be so joyful DM about us. it. That's, yeah, please. All right, before we adjourn the Royal Pod, here are our highs and lows. It's time for the Royal Highs and Lows. I was definitely going to do a different low up until the very last second of this episode airing. and I love the surprise. I, well, the Madame Tussauds was going to be my low, the stop oil protest, because there's it's so ironic because Charles is very active with climate change. That's a good but low, too. Roberta. then I saw this thing, this Domino's commercial with Mike Tyndall, and I was just a head scratcher. And something you may not know about me, I Rachel, is that I love Domino's thin crust pizza. Like, I got made fun of in college for ordering it so much and so I that's not the low I obviously love support Domino's <laughs> in any way I can <laughs> not the an low is I feel like this is kind of a cheapening of the royal brand and I don't know what you think especially when Mike well, Tyndall had reality a really good show. piece about that yeah. last week about the Tyndall's or Mike Tyndall in particular doing that reality show and, and all of Zara's opportunities financially I just and the can't conflict help think that the queen would be never allow this and so here is a clip from this commercial Tins, what a boy. Someone must have owed you a really big favour, but thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I always deliver for you. Luckily, Domino's always deliver on the food. All right, calm down. What do you need? A medal? Such a... Domino! We got this. Okay, so the knee slapper moment is like, what do you want, a medal for bringing me this pizza? Like, oh, because Mike Tyndall wore these medals at the funeral, and I guess he got flack for it because... I don't know why, but they, people gave him... 
shit for wearing medals, excuse my language. And it's very strange. But the weird part, and this is where it's a low, is that they edited out another part of it that is in this hello article talking about the ad. The part they edited out is that Mike Tyndall jokes, you know me, mate, I've got friends in high places. He says that. They take it out of the ad. Isn't that weird? It's super weird. There's also another joke about the Royals that I'm like not, I'm blanking on right now. It's just weird to me. That's my low. It's so long. Next. Ugh. Milo is a pseudo comeback tour. I don't know what it is, but there's a Telegraph piece by Camilla Tomini about Prince Andrew this week. It's clear that there's no way back, I think, but it also kind of reads sympathetically. It talks about how Andrew has spent the last three years in counseling and psychotherapy, and he's much more thoughtful than he's ever been. It just... There's a lot of details in it that describe basically how he's living his life right now. And, you know, his it's kind of his tone is or his attitude is it is what it is about everything that happened. But it just doesn't I don't feel good about the piece. It does have some tidbits that Scoop starts filming next month, which I feel like we had that wonderful interview and right, Sam McAllister. with Sam yeah. McAllister right when the queen passed away. And I feel like that kind of got lost in the shuffle for obvious reasons. But she shares a lot of what went on in the making of Scoop and those meetings with Andrew. And in the article, it also reveals that the number one person that was against it was Princess Beatrice. And she thought mm-hmm. the whole Newsnight conversation was a very bad idea. So anyways, the article shares a lot of detail. And we know that Camilla is a bit of a well-placed source for her coverage. So anyways, I don't, I don't like the tone of it, I guess. Yeah, no rehabilitation for him. My high is this Archwell rebrand. I guess I, I should actually call it like a site redesign. And there are new pictures and info from some secret engagements that the Sussexes took on, like Harry's visit to Africa with the delegation. They donated to have that Evaldi playground built. An upcoming visit by Megan to Indiana for the Women's Fund dinner, which is super interesting and kind of a head scratcher, but amazing. I hope if any of our listeners are going, please let us know. There's also a picture of the vessel, which is right by where oh, Rachel really? and I's office is, <laughs> where we work. So that's I cool. looked at that yesterday. I took a photo of it yesterday. Amazing. I mean, I love, I think this is my high just because I love seeing what pictures they themselves like of themselves. I think that says a lot about someone. And so they picked this laughing couple shot of them that Misan Harriman posted only a few weeks ago from the One Young World Summit. It's just, it's fun to see also because you know Megan's love of site design from Mm -hmm. the TIG days. And I just picture her logging into the hosting service they use. It's called Article, just like WordPress. Just logging into Article herself and like updating photos and being like, ooh, this shot's great. (laughs) She's an editor at heart, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, my high is really fun and surprising, but I saw a play this week called Dodie and Diana that runs through the weekend. So any New York-based listeners, tri-state area, you got to get there. It's basically- Is it worth seeing, really? So I enjoyed it. I think okay. if you are, or I kind of felt like the audience was masked rose the whole time. I was like, I wish we could like, because we had to, masks are required. So okay. I wanted to like pull mine down and be like, are you a royally obsessed listener? Just because yell it people were kind of elbowing and at the right moments, you know, but it's basically the premise is that an astrologer in New York predicts that a couple that is basically about to break up 
are the astrological doubles of Dodie and Diana. So they lock themselves, they fly to Paris, they lock themselves in a hotel room at the Ritz for three days ahead of the 25th anniversary of the car crash, thinking that there's going to be this like cosmic moment that brings Dodie and Diana together with their life. I think what's off for me about it is that it puts the crash and the deaths of Diana and Dodie on the same level as a relationship, quote unquote, crashing that's kind of jarring, but there's a scene where the two actors become Dodie and Diana, and her accent is just – I close my eyes for a little bit just to be like, I feel like I'm listening to Diana. So Whoa. anyways, it has some bright spots, some not-so-bright spots, but it was it's just fun to have like these royal moments in your day-to-day life. I love that you went and saw this, and I wish I, I could have been alone. up there to see it. I really it. enjoyed it. I know. It. I wanted to go so I know. Well, you're in you. Florida, but it's – but that's okay. I um I feel like it was really good, and sometimes it's nice to have a date with yourself. Very Carrie Bradshaw. I love it. A reminder before we close to please, please, please tag us in your royal themed Halloween costumes. We would love, love to see that at Royally Obsessed Podcasts. Leave us a royal rating on Apple Podcasts, five stars. We'd love that as well. And subscribe so you can never miss an episode. Anything else, Rachel? Just send us your love notes. We love hearing from you guys. Yeah, we love it. Till next week, happy Halloween and God God save save the the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.